the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Friday, December the 9th, 2022, the year of our Lord. In 1854, today, Alfred Lord Tennyson's famous poem, The Charge of the Light Brigade, was published in England. You may be familiar with that story. I don't have time to go into it today, but it's kind of an interesting story. It has to do with a lot of issues. But if you have time and if you have an interest, you might want to look into that and read the story behind that famous poem, The Charge of the Light Brigade, published today in 1854 in England. Today in 1917, British forces captured Jerusalem from the Ottoman Turks. We hear a lot about the aggression of the Christians during that period in history, but um, a lot of that was taking back land that the Muslims had stolen, taken from the Christian nations or the West. Today in 1965, a Charlie Brown Christmas, first animated TV special featuring characters from Peanuts comic strip by Charles Schultz. It premiered on CBS. Today in 1990, uh, Solidarity founder Lent uh, Volensquist uh, won Poland's presidential runoff by a landslide. People were very happy in Poland. I was I wasn't there during this election, but I was there shortly thereafter. I think in about ninety one or ninety two, I was spent quite a bit of time in Poland, and um, boy, the people were happy there. They felt like they'd been they'd been freed politically. Today, in nineteen ninety two, Britain's Prince Charles and Princess Diana announced their separation. I think the couple divorced. Later that year, I think it was in the summertime sometime. or No, it was not. It was several years later, but it was in the summertime. Today in 2000, the U.S. Supreme Court ordered a temporary halt in the Florida vote count on which Al Gore had pinned his best hopes of winning the White House. Today in 2011, the European Union said 26 of its 27 member countries were open to joining, joining a new treaty tying their finances together to solve the euro crisis, Britain remained opposed. Ten years ago today, same-sex couples in Washington state began exchanging vows just after midnight under a new state law allowing so-called gay marriage. Many of us in Washington state, across the state that are listening today, remember that. We were very, very deeply involved in that. In fact, the the or the group of pastors and people that were really pushing this, I was a part of that. They had asked me to be the spokesman, so I was on the air a lot, being beaten up by by some of the some of the journalists in Seattle, which was fine. I mean, that was no problem to me. But nonetheless, it was quite a ride. Uh, I think we had a chance to win that. Some of the people that should have supported the referendum that we had on up for for the vote. Uh, did not, surprisingly so. One pastor on the east side particularly was very um, very undermining of that whole process. Some of you remember that. It's sad, but 
that's what happened, and God allowed it, or it could not have happened, but many of us were disappointed. But that happened 10 years ago today. Tucker Carlson was pretty critical last night. I agree with him. Most of the time, I agree with him. I certainly agree with him on this. Tucker Carlson, he's on Fox, the news channel. He's, I think, the highest rated uh, or most watched uh, TV guy, of uh, commentator type person on cable television. It's either he or Sean Hannity. I'm not sure which is first now, but it's kind of back and forth. But Tucker has a large following of people because he gets to the truth and um, he tells it like it is. Sometimes I wonder about what he's saying a little bit, but generally I really agree with him. Well, anyway, last night he was uh, very critical of the prisoner swap between the U.S. and the Russian governments that gave the United States Brittany Griner in exchange for Russian arms dealer, this Victor Bout. I noticed that and I paid attention to it because I had been talking about that yesterday on this program saying that it had happened and was in process. And I told you what I knew at the time that uh, they were trading for this Brittany Griner, this, this, this guy, this arms dealer. And he is a very vicious man. And I was addressing that yesterday. Well, here's what Tucker Carlson had to say last night. He suggested that Greiner was the beneficiary because Paul Whelan, another American imprisoned in Russia, was a Trump voter. Now, Whelan is an ex, a former Marine, and he was he's accused of spying, and he, they've they've char- they've given him like a 14-year sentence or something like that. It's it, it's a lot. So Carlson said last night. He said so. At this point, we can assume the obvious. Um, he said the Biden administration who uh, chose Brittany Griner over Paul Whelan, the basketball player, over the Marine facing 16 years, it is. There was only room for one in the lifeboat, and the Marine got left behind. Well, why did they make that choice? Well, you should know that Whelan is a Trump voter, and he made the mistake of saying so on social media. He's paying the price for that now. Brittany Griner is not. She's got very different politics. Brittany Griner despises the United States, she's been very vocal about that in the media, in the social media. Well, that puts a lot of light on that issue, doesn't it? I think he probably has a point there that if, if Waylon, and I did not know that yesterday, but if Waylon has been fairly vocal on social media or elsewhere, wherever, about having voted for Trump, it's hard for me to believe that would not have had some effect on the Biden administration because they are generally corrupt to the core. And they are generally, I mean, this whole, since Biden took office, the whole agenda has been pretty much to go after the Republicans. And certainly, only, I don't know who would know, other than the Lord himself, how many millions if not billions of dollars have been spent directly or indirectly in trying to destroy Donald Trump for goodness sakes Donald Trump has more power over the Democrats today than he did when he was in office because they've given it to him they are obsessed with him people like Liz Cheney who is I guess now a Democrat she's been a Republican but she's been saying that's her main purpose in life is to see that Donald Trump never ever serves in public office again. How would you like to live your life with that as your purpose for living? 
he has more power over them today. All of the people on the left, Pelosi and Schumer, and I mean, he just, he runs their lives de facto because they hate him so much. That's what hatred does. It takes control of your life. And that's why the Bible is so clear on not hating. Oh, we can object, and I do and I will, as God gives me opportunity. And criticize and push back and disagree and all of that, but and dislike. But hate, to the point of that being the driving force in your life, that's part of what's wrong in America today. We can't just disagree and try to get rid of people at the ballot box. We, we are consumed, the left particularly, is consumed with hatred. Hatred for some of the values that we, as biblical Christians, hold in America. Hate for people who dare to stand up for those values. Trump has a very sordid, broken history, morally and otherwise. But he stood for values that I can stand for, and that most of you, I hope, can stand for. And he stood against values that are anti-biblical. They don't care about that. They hate him. I think Tucker Carlson was probably on the money on that if this uh, Whalen, this former retired Marine uh, who is now being held, was not part of the exchange. The other issue there was what I mentioned yesterday. Boy, this, this guy that was released, this arms dealer, he is a bad, bad guy. And nobody, no one should think, and I'm sure the administration knows, and obviously they don't care, but the, the administration sh- should have known, perhaps if not, that this guy is not going to go back and go into retirement on some Black Sea resort somewhere. He's very, very closely aligned personally with Vladimir Putin, and he's going to continue doing what he was doing in the first place, and that is putting arms, machine guns, and stuff like that in the hands of people who are just hell-bent on killing Americans. And I'm not overstating that. So, and yet the president is crowing about the fact that this basketball player, (laughs) this Griner, represents the best of America. She and her wife are now going to go on a tour, I understand, and talk about the importance of freedom and whatever. It's really sad. Where we are today is very sad. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 33, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all churches of the saints. That's true. Psalm 32, verse 8 says, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way that thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. We are told to cast all of our care, cast our burdens upon the Lord, because he cares for us. Life is a journey that is not without difficulties, setbacks, concerns, worries, and all of these kinds of things. The Bible nowhere says that we will be free of that once we become a Christian, when we accept Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. What the Bible does say is that God loves us 
and that his son Jesus Christ, who died for our sins and was resurrected from the dead, will walk with us. And he does. He walks with me and he talks with me. And he tells me I am his own. Remember that old hymn? That's true. That's what's happening. I want to talk to you today a little bit about confusion in the church. A few years ago, Tony Perkins, Family Research Council, he wisely published a warning that, quote, some professing, professing evangelicals are working to change minds when it comes to same-sex marriage. This was seven years ago. Same-sex marriage, religious liberty, big government, and even the sanctity of life. Their success has been modest but noticeable in some evangelical churches, campus ministries, even Christian universities, he said. The Christian left is trying to creep in quietly championing a distorted version of the gospel more consistent with political liberalism than biblical teaching. He was right. They were. And now, seven years later, they're acting on a perversion of the biblical gospel of Jesus Christ by strongly supporting the very social issues the Bible clearly condemns. Paul, in the first chapter of Galatians says, Paul, an apostle, not of men, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead. Verse 2 says, of all the brethren which are with me under the churches of Galatia, grace be to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from the present evil world according to the will of God and our Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Okay, that was his introduction in this letter, Galatians. He continued, I marvel that ye so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. Paul said, I'm amazed that you've changed your gospel. What's the matter with you people? Verse 7, he said, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. So Paul is saying there are people who, it's not necessarily another gospel, although he calls it that, but he says there are those among you that would pervert that gospel, that would claim to support that gospel, to believe, to embrace the gospel of Jesus Christ, but but they have perverted it. Verse 8 says, But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which they have preached unto you, that we have preached unto you, let him be a cursed. And then he says again in verse 9, And as we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any gospel unto you other than that which you have received, let him be accursed. And verse 10 says, For do I now persuade men or God, or do I seek to please men? For if I yet pleased men, I should not be the servant of Christ. With that as a backdrop, let me jump into what I really want to talk to you about today, and that is about what Paul was writing about all those years ago. Perkins continued in his article seven years ago. He said, The Christian left heralds its political agenda by undermining the authority of the Bible. Once the lines of truth are blurred, confused young evangelicals start trying to reconcile their faith with some same-sex marriage, taxpayer-funded abortions, anti-Israel sentiments, feminism, pacifism, and the nanny state. 
The danger of this distorted liberal theology is that it breaks down the moral values outlined in Scripture. It also encourages young evangelicals, he said, to deny Judeo-Christian principles used to establish a just and a prosperous nation. By undermining the authority of the Word of God, the Christian end of quote, by undermining the authority of the Word of God, the Christian left concocts its own kind of a cafeteria style Christianity. And that's what the left is doing. And nowhere has that been more evident than in this election that the runoff election in Georgia Tuesday of this week. They take parts of the Bible out of contest so it fits their own liberal political activism. And if American evangelicals disengage from the public square, and if they fail to keep watch at the doors of our own churches, we risk losing our voice for truth, and then we risk losing our religious freedoms, and then freedom altogether. Tony Perkins wrote that article that I quoted a few moments ago. He was support. He was actually advocating a book that had just come out at the time. It was titled Distortion. How the New Christian Left is Twisting the Gospel and Damaging the Faith. We're now seeing the extension of that. I put a link in an article that I wrote on our website today on faithandfreedom.us. It's still a good read. It's it's current, even though it came out seven years ago. It was projecting and predicting and telling why these kinds of things would happen. And we're seeing that now in full bloom in our culture, politically, morally, We've got people running around, doctors declaring that, yes, there's gender is, is fluid and we never know what we're going to be and blah, blah, blah. I mean, man, it's just sick. We're twisting scripture. But the reality is beginning to set in. Dr. Michael Brown has also written a book, not related to Tony Perkins, but it's about the same thing. And I'm sure they're friends. I, I don't know, but... He wrote this book recently, Warning Biblical Christians to Beware of Political Seduction, explaining how millions of America, Americans have confused politics with the gospel. He goes on then in the book, I haven't read the book totally, but I read a complete overview, a survey of it, because I, I read so much during the week that honestly, I, I can't, <laughs> there are not enough hours in the day to read everything I want to read because I want to consume as much information so we can bring it to this program each day and uh, turn on the light as bright as we possibly can for the Lord. And for those of you who support this ministry, I feel I owe that to you. And I we do our best every day. So anyway, I didn't read the book, but I read the overview of it. I know what it says uh, from cover to cover. I, I didn't just read an excerpt from it. But he's talking about, he's really kind of nailing the and he is a conservative he's a good guy and he's he's really nailing the conservatives and he's saying let's not get too far into politics and he he is i mean he speaks to the culture but he's saying let's not get too far into politics and to where we exchange our politics our our christianity for politics in other words politics cannot become our identity that's the essence of what he's saying there's it's a pretty good sized book and there's a lot in there but that's the evidence of and i thought man michael brown dr michael brown i mean you should have gotten said something about the left because they do that more than the right well he has now come out and and as a result of what happened in georgia and put aside the fact that the democrats won the republican guy herschel walker lost and it did have a direct impact on our government that's 
And I'm not diminishing the importance of that. I'm just speaking to a different point related to that, however. So Brown, as a conservative evangelical, he comes out after this and he said, hey, I just wrote a book. And he said, man, I, I talked about the, the, the right and we, we want to be careful not to get you know too into politics and too not into the church and the Bible and the very values that we, you know, the reason that we get into, involved in politics and speaking to the culture and so on. Well, what Tony Perkins was talking about seven years ago has come upon us. And recognizing the culture and the personal danger, Brown wrote an article this week, and not a book, but an article, and he's warning of the Christian left's growing influence in politics. And he says, I wrote this book, and I really directed it at the right, of which he is a part, but he said, I want you to know, and then he proceeded. So I want to quote a little bit from what he, some of his research uh, this past week in this article that he wrote yesterday. He said it was no surprise, excuse me. Uh, That's better. He said it was no surprise when Bishop T.D. Jakes openly endorsed Texas gubernatorial candidate Beto O'Rourke or Pastor uh, Creflo Dollar openly endorsed Georgia gubernatorial candidate Stacey Abrams. He said both of these candidates make appearances in these respective churches where they are openly affirmed by these influential leaders, although both Jakes and Dollar are conservative scripturally, meaning believing in the Bible is the word of God and that Jesus is the only Savior, but they lean left politically. Now I'm quoting Michael Brown, who apparently knows what they believe. I don't, I'm very aware of who these people are. I don't follow them closely. I don't know, and I, I can't confirm that that's their uh, theology that they do believe in the virgin birth, the, the deity of Christ, and so on. I mean, I don't know what they believe. But anyway, that's what he says, and he probably, probably knows that they believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and the way to God, the only way to God, and so on. But anyway, he continues. He says, in such circles, there is virtually no separation between church and state. The reason, though, for another article on this subject is the recent referring to his book that I just talked about. This is the more recent article now. He said, is that recent ministerial endorsements of pastor and senator Raphael Warnock have become even more pronounced and extreme. But he said, let me be blunt, this Michael Brown, Here, let me be blunt here before you read any further, because of various political and ideological divides, the great majority of white evangelicals vote Republican, while the great majority of black evangelicals vote Democrat. That is true. But then he refers to this. It's a Twitter feed, which I've seen before. It's called Woke Preacher Clips. And they've posted a a number of pro-Warnock video clips in which he is plainly endorsed as God's man for the job called and appointed for such a time as this. And I want you to go, I want to just take a peek into that world, the left, the Christian left, which is a misnomer, the Christian left by how we determine or describe left is, is what Paul was referring to in Galatians chapter one. So a Baptist pastor, these are clips on, on Twitter and I wrote an article that's specifically to this issue today, and you can look there. There's, there's, um, it's all sourced, and there are, uh, you can, you can click on various parts of what I'm saying and go to the source and read, read it, or see the clips on Twitter yourself. So it's all, it's all linked, 
and and sourced. But anyway, there's this this one guy video in which he is play, a pastor is plainly endorsed is endorsed as God's man for the job called and appointed for such a time as this. A a Baptist pastor prayed over Senator Warnock, acknowledging how God had given him this assignment, paraphrasing Psalm 23 so that it related to Warnock, and likening him to biblical figures like Moses, David, standing up against Goliath, and Nehemiah. Warnock, in turn, then addressed the congregation, urging them to vote since faith without works is dead. You say, well, Gary, there there are, uh, you know, Protestant uh, white churches or Republican conservative churches that do that. Some of them are very well-known, high-profile churches. That's right. But they're not endorsing a candidate that stands against the Bible, but doing so in the name of the Lord. I know some of these pastors that pastor some of the largest churches in America, and have known them. I've known some in the past who are now retired or dead. But they're not doing that. They just aren't. They're endorsing people that will stand for the values of the Bible. And that's the difference. And it is a huge difference. It, it is a great divide. In another clip, a pastor stands behind the podium with his entourage of other leaders behind him shouting, Joshua had to ask the people which side you are on, which God you're going to serve. Choose you this day whom you will serve, Walker or Warnock. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to vote for Warnock. It's our time because it's God's time. Here's the problem with that. Warnock is a pastor of Ebenezer Baptist Church, MLK's old church. He's a pastor of that. He presents himself as an angel of light, but he is a, he is a carrier of, of a message of darkness. He is not what he says he'll be. And I'm sorry, but Paul was calling out back in his day, he was calling out that kind of thinking and that kind of perversion of the faith. And that's what we're seeing today. That's misleading many, many people, particularly in the black community. They hear these pastors standing up there promoting a man who doesn't even believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's Warnock, the pastor. Yet he is presenting himself as a spiritual leader emerging as this man of, of God. I know that's straight talk, but that's where we are in this culture today. Another pastor speaking to a congregation, he says, <laughs> he goes into all of those issues and then it, and, and accolades and affirmations, and then he said, praise the Lord. <laughs> I mean, man, that doesn't praise the Lord. Warnock staunchly defends abortion and LGBTQ plus activist causes. He does not believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That apparently is no problem in voting for him. I don't know if it's because he's black or I don't know if it's because he's a Democrat or and far left, but maybe both. I don't know. All I know is what's happening. There is a, this proclamation going out in the name of the Lord. And it isn't representative of the Lord at all. There's an ordained minister preaching in a church building calling for a national codifying of the right to shed innocent blood. And you talk about an abomination. The false prophets of old would be proud of this. He is saying that if we send Warnock to the Senate, and they did, he better codify abortion into the law of the land. 
God help us. Here's the good news. He will and he is. There's light at the end of the tunnel. Have a great weekend. I'll see you Monday. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.